This podcast contains adult language. DigitalDaren.com. Today is March 14th, 2021. And we started this Darren Watches the Wire series, what about? A long time ago. Almost a year ago, right? Probably. Oh my God. Not that far, probably since like July, <laughs> August or whatever. Definitely over six months ago. We're a loser. We did season. We recently just dropped Darren Watches the Wire season zero and explained why. Go back and check that out. That's prob- I think that's our most recent podcast besides the Calhoun Love series. But check out Darren Watches the Wire. We did season zero, one, two, three, four, and we're all the way down to season five. So as always, these are featuring the first lady of DigitalDarren.com podcast and avid wire watcher, <laughs> wire aficionado, the one who got me into it. First lady, how you doing? I'm good. All right, that's good. So we're wrapping up the wire five seasons. You know, I would come back and say three legendary seasons, one okay season, and this season. We haven't talked about this season yet, so we'll get to my overall thoughts on it so far. But anything you want to say before we get started into it? I'm just really glad that you went on this journey with me. You're not a TV watcher. You like to sit in your office and watch YouTube and do stuff like that. I love TV. And more so than that, I've loved The Wire since I was in college and watched it many, many times. So I'm just really glad you watched it with me. And you have a real life story to tell about The Wire. I'm sure at some point we'll get to that story tied to something, right? (laughs) If you say so, okay. Okay. Well, if nothing else, we'll spend it off for the Patreon. Everybody, if you're not a Patreon listener, go check out our Patreon. You know, it's a subscription, but you get exclusive content. We try to do a Patreon. We try to do a monthly Patreon where we talk about us as a family, what's going on in us. We try to do a we try to do weekly. I'm not going to hold ourselves to weekly exclusive content, but we do have exclusive content for Patreon at least three times a month. That's some behind the scenes of Digital Darren, some stuff that'll never be heard before. So all that to say, for just a dollar a month, you get exclusive content. It's a good time over there. We do some live check-ins and stuff like that. Check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash digital Darren. Or you can Google digital Darren Patreon and it'll come up. So Instead of supporting a hungry child or a needy cat or something else, support Digital Darren. Well, I meant you just support who you want to support. And, like, you know, hopefully, every, it, hopefully you, can, you can't help everybody, right? That's an unfortunate part of it. So, like, you know. I'm just teasing you. It just sounded like one of those commercials for only a dollar a day. Well, just saying a dollar gets you exclusive content. We do the free content for everybody. It's a dollar a month. Yeah, for Patreon, but you get you get your money's worth for at minimum a dollar a month. You can go more. We have one dollar level where it gets you exclusive content. I think we have a five dollar level, and I think we have a ten dollar level where you can you can tell us what topic you want to talk about. You can be on the show, and we kind of set up, or we talk about the topic you want us to talk about. So mm, that's a good one. Mm, all right, exactly. Yeah, we talk about anything. Everything's, you know, is always things are all nothing's off limits. But if you for the Patreon, completely off limits. So let's go on to get to season five. 
it's been a while since we watched season five, so I know we let a little, little bit of time lapse. Yeah, so I think that, but that's a thing that's good, and maybe a little too much time. But I think it instead of me getting more, like, whoa, it's the greatest thing ever. I think I could kind of like my engine yeah. isn't rear of this high, right? I've been able to allow to warm and really have a retrospective on it. So I would come and say this: I think that my first thoughts of it were like they didn't know it was going to be the final season. Well, they thought like. Every season was going to be the final season. Every time they had... Well, the wrap-up, you can tell that. So, the last episode, they always put a neat little bow in the season or whatever. But, like, it didn't come into... The season didn't come into... It didn't start off, like, tying up all the loose ends. It kind of progressed that way. with more loose ends. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it, that's why I felt like they probably felt like it was going to get, for lack of a better term, extended. And, like, it was... Okay, so to spend it like this. Game of Thrones, they knew season seven or whatever their last season was. They knew it wasn't the last, they knew it was the last season. So they could kind of tie up loose ends and bowls and stuff like that. Granted, whether they did a good or bad job is irrelevant. But when you know, you can kind of put pins in certain characters and stuff like that. And I think they put pins and characters in um, the wire. But, you know, I, I think that it was kind of like, oh, shit. Like they went to a meeting and somebody was like, look, we're not extending this. And they were like, okay, let's. Let's figure out a way to put in a pen in some of these characters or whatever. So that's how I thought. What you thought about? Um, I mean, it's the end of this, this series. So it's, you know, um, heartfelt and all of those things. It's not my favorite season. Well, let me, before before we, I'm sorry to cut you off. Do you remember when you first watched the, that last season? Like, did you know watching the day that it was the final season? Back yes. in 0507, whatever yes. it was. You knew it going into it. Mm-hmm. Okay. so And I cried like a baby on that last episode. I felt like I really knew these people. Well, you definitely knew their characters, right? Especially, like, watching it. I, how, how, what's the difference between watching it in the binge era as opposed to when you had to wait a week for it? For oh, well, I mean, that was, like, good quality programming. Like, if you really liked the show, you had to be home when it came on. There wasn't a DVR or anything like that. And you would be home, like, you know, for your for your shows. You'd be glued to the TV. And you'd really pay attention because there was no rewind or whatever. You had to really be glued in. Yeah, because I think that in this binge era, like, you you fall in. So it's like it's like you fall in love really quickly and then you finally get to know the person for real. And like, mm. As opposed to kind of the pre-binge era, the DV, pre-DVR era, the, you had to be home to watch it. I think the love was more... I want to say pure, but more built, more continuous because it took longer to build up as opposed to like. Well, and you're old school, so you would definitely feel that. Yeah, but I, don't, I think I think the binge ever have is pros. I'm not definitely not saying that, but I think that. Um, but I watch trash during now. Like Netflix has, I, there are literally shows I have watched several seasons of, and I couldn't tell you like. You can say the name of it, I wouldn't even remember. I'm yeah, but that's 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 exactly the point I'm saying. Like the binge ever stuff has kind of is less impactful to a degree it as is. opposed to back then when like when you grab when you gravitated towards something you had like you said you had to alter your schedule to make sure you didn't miss it or whatever right mm-hmm. so like it really became a part of your life whereas now some of these shows are just we both swap Bridgerton we probably should do a Bridgerton one of these too do you think so Look, Bridgerton, I have to remember all the parts, too. But, yeah, I mean, we could. I love Bridgerton. Okay, but we watched Bridgerton, right? And we both agreed that we both liked it. Well, yeah. no, but it doesn't resonate like the wire resonated. And part of it is the fact that we watched what, like, we watched it in, like, in, like, three weeks or something like that. Like, we well, watched it one season. It's, like, ten episodes. Yeah, so we watched it really quickly. So I think it's, 
it didn't have time to kind of marinate like you know mm-hmm. the wire did. But age like a fine wine. Exactly. So spinning back to the show, like you say, we all these shows have themes, right? Season one kind of put you in the block. Season two was kind of the dope. The docs. The docs. Excuse me. Season three was the fall of an era, kind of the start of a new era. Season four with the kids. Well, three would be the education system. Four would be the uh, city politics. Yeah. And then five would be the newspaper and the media. And you pre-warned me that a lot of people didn't like season five. Yeah, two and five are people's least favorite. I like five. I thought that it was like... I thought it was interesting for a way. Like, I thought it was... The thing, I thought it was strong out kind of like the newspaper part of it, basically like how like how far I can get you both ways, right? You know what I'm saying? Like I think they took that a little too far. But I, I thought that was an interesting concept, how like because, you know, two people basically are telling lies and don't want to get caught about telling their lies, how it took a whole city hostage essentially or whatever. So like that was that wasn't that part wasn't boring to me. I actually enjoyed that. I enjoyed Gus. Actually, one of my underrated favorite characters of the season, where he was kind of trying to fight for the right, do the right thing, even though the world was kind of changing around him or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So, like, him and the Spanish, I forgot the young lady name, dude. Alma. Alma. Her, trying to fight for what's right, even though the world doesn't really care, right? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That was kind of one of those things. I enjoyed that. I actually enjoyed, um, I want to call him Templeton. I've been looking at um, some. The, Is it Scott Templeton? Yeah. I, I enjoyed what they did with Templeton. Him and kind of, um, um, McNulty? Yeah, him okay, and McNulty. you might need to do a refresher before we do a podcast. No, 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 him and McNulty. And no, I know the whole storylines. I, I, uh, when you, when I said Templeton made me think of like another show I was watching or whatever, but Templeton and McNulty, them trying to one up each other, I guess, in the line department. That was kind of funny to me. I mean, I like season five because you do get some, you know, wrap up slash look into where things are going to go, but. I do think the storyline of McNulty and faking the serial killer who kills homeless people is a little bit out there, but McNulty's a nut, so I kind of get it. But getting Lester involved, that made it a little too much out there. But there are things that I can appreciate it because McNulty eventually did see that he went too he went too far, and you know basically hosted his own little funeral. Um, and so like that to me made sense. Like finally he realized that, and then. As far as my boys, because you know I love my boys, been able to see how their storylines grow and evolve. Um, both brought a smile to my face and also tears um, because you get to see. And I'll say one of the things about The Wire, which I really love, is the interconnectivity of it all and how we're all interconnected. And how, for example, McNulty doing his shenanigans, the impact that it had on the mayor and what he was trying to do or what other things were happening. And you don't realize how your actions, although they could seem small, or in this case, big, but small too, have impacts on others and ripples that you don't know and can't see. So I think that you hit on a good point, McNulty. I think that this was, you had to go big or go home with him, right? Because like, I, the continuous thing of this is this dick, he was a dick who always was trying to do whatever, right, to get the case where there was sabotaging on the docks when he was a dock worker, sabotaging. You know, his past precinct to get a case. You know, he always was that. You're not going to outdick him. He's going to prove to you he's the smartest motherfucker <laughs> in the room. And it don't matter what resources it takes or who it brings down. As long as he can sit there and say, 
I showed them motherfuckers I caught the villain. Mm-hmm. Then that's all that mattered to him. Like, be damn repercussions, right? And no matter who or what it brought down. And like, this actually damn near brought the city down. And he didn't, I mean, it had to be something big like them for him to get it because another shakedown of just Marlowe, right? Like, that really doesn't matter at the end of the t- at the end of the day, right? Because it's just like him, Avon, right? He, you don't learn nothing in that sense. Like he had to go, he had to have a real big problem to realize, hey, I messed up or whatever. So I thought that that was a good arc to the character they had developed from the be or whatever. Like I, it was a little out there, like you said, but it had to be grandiose, right? It's just like a criminal, right? You keep robbing penny and your banks. You think you can go up to the next level? Nobody ever catches you. Keep going up until you get to where you're trying to rob the U.S. men, and now it's a real problem. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that was kind of an evolution that he needed or whatever. So I thought that was good. I thought that again, it played to Lester, right? Like Lester's. I can't believe Lester got down with it. Well, I mean Lester again, right? Like. They broke Lester. For him to get down with it, the system broke him. The system broke him, but it was also the same thing of like a lack of appreciation, right? Like he always was kind of sitting there and he wasn't meant naughty, but he was meant naughty. Like, I'm I know what the fuck I'm doing. Give me a chance, I'll show everybody I know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah, but Lester always told McNaughty, there's more to life than this. Like you need to step back and realize what he hell's going on. He always had Chardine at home, a hot young thing, and his little wooden things to take his mind off of it. Now he's acting like crazy McNulty. Yeah, but I think it's like drugs, right? Like you you an old drug you an old drug who used cracking cocaine and now some by them brought meth and you like look <laughs> meth will mess up your life like cracking cocaine did and I'm standing then all right. of a sudden you start doing meth. Yeah now you're like hey I remember how this high felt you know what I'm saying so like that's kind of what Lester was or whatever. Oh speaking of high so one of the best parts of season five I will actually say the best part of season five is seeing redemption for Bubbles and to see a positive outcome for him. So another one right he had to go he had to get pushed to the limit right to become a better version of him right mm-hmm. so like for McNulty and Lester, then it had to be something negative. Bubba, something negative too, right? Sharif died or whatever. Sharad. Sharad. I call him Sharif. Sorry. Sharad. You don't call him Sharif. You just fuck his name up. Sharad died, and that pushed Bubba's to be a better version of him. Him not having AIDS. Like, it's like a whole bunch of stuff. Like, you know, Bubba's. Yeah, I mean, just seeing him be able to walk up the steps to his sister's house and be allowed in the main part of the house and not have to be in the basement. To see him be able to speak at the NAAA meetings. And just see him be able to interact with that newspaper dude and for him to write such a story. Because he's such a light that was in, you know, an abnormal vessel that lots of people didn't realize. But he had the best story. He's like the Wire MVP. So, that, so for the patrons, we're going to do Wire Awards, too. So that's a, a oh, patron sorry, exclusive. So <laughs> don't give all the way to all the stuff. So. What else? What other parts of it did you? What did you like? Or whatever? Cause I thought that kind of, like you said, it went back to redemption for bubbles. Kind of meant no ten. You know, Lester getting learning was too much, right? You know what I'm saying? Like they both got that. This is too much. We to see the 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 paths and the the journeys that the boys are going to be on, and to see Naaman in a debate contest, and to see Michael evolve into what Omar was. Omar was um, to see him get the one up on Snoop. Just to, that that scene right there was was everything. I'm a braids look. <laughs> they look good, girl. <laughs> and then pow pow. <laughs> well, buddy told me, "You know who I am." 
shot him in the lead. Like, <laughs> like Mike, that's interesting how Michael was Omar or whatever. And speaking of Omar, that was the most surprising thing to me, how he went out. Like, you knew it, but like me seeing it, it was like, and it was such a random nonchalant scene. It was like, go get a pack of cigarettes. But I think that's the the part, right, that like either you really do know or maybe you don't know, but like most people in that life aren't going out in some gun blaze right? Like, it's not these shootouts. You know what I mean? His death was so but he random. Was it was random, exactly. And sudden, and it was done by a kid, like Canard. Like, a child killed him. A child who didn't even know what he really looked like. I was like, oh, that's Omar? Like, and killed him. Nah, because you remember in the previous season he when they were playing cop, when, um Yeah, but he didn't know what he looked like. Yeah, but he like, I'm Omar, I'm Omar, boom, boom, boom. Yes, but when Omar stuck up Michael and him, Kennard was like, oh, that's what, that's Omar? He didn't know what he looked like. Yeah, and then the know. minute he said, I mean, you just getting a pack of cigarettes at your local convenience store. And boom. By eight, okay, you walk right past him like it wasn't nothing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, just crazy. Were you had were you okay with how Omar went out? I would have preferred, you know, because I'm a positive person and a whatever. I would have preferred that he lived, of course. But I mean, you live by the gun, you die by the gun, right? So like, it fits the character that he was going to die. I thought that was genius to make him go out and just some nonchalant scene. Mm-hmm. Like I, like you said, like I think a blaze of glory would be more of like what he meant to the what he meant to the franchise would have been a good way to go out. But I think that this made the franchise even better. So like But I also think it's needed for people to see and I don't know how many people watch the wire and be like, I don't want to live like that. But you saw um Real repercussions for your actions. Well and I think, you know, Bunk when they went um to went to um to the coroner thing, right? Like his body got mislabeled. They didn't even know who he was. There was a line in the paper that was it. And he was literally a freaking I don't even know what you call a a, a hero. Yeah, a legend. Yeah. Um and he that all of that he had in the hood got him absolute not even enough respect to have his body identified right. Yeah. What about Marlo though? I'm not really a big Marlo fan. I think his character was crazy. I mean the fact that he his lawyer was able to, you know, pull a good one and all he had to do was be out the game and at the end you still see him, you know, he couldn't. He and it wasn't about the money, like it was such a that's just who we, we you are who you are right you know yeah what I'm and it so, was just i just couldn't relate to that like i thought one of the most iconic scenes was when he held court in in that prison when he was like my name is my name yes <laughs> like when he was like they basically omar calling me out in the streets because omar took the water marlo in this season broke down one leg omar took the water marlo in the streets he got back in the streets that was actually one of the things I liked. I just couldn't. I just don't understand how anybody would like whatever. I just can't relate to Marlo. Like, if I'm going to sell drugs and do all that, it's probably going to be because I want to be rich. It's not going to be because I put so you have to put so much respect on my name, and you have to. I have to be the the best and blah blah blah. Like he didn't care about that. He just. I don't he, think he cared about being the best. I think he cared about respect, right? So like. Yeah, but he had to be respected as the top dog, and like, you know, he ha- he had to have that. Like, you had to know who his name was. Like. At, at, at the very end, when he approached the boys on the corner, when he's like in a suit and it's not supposed to be doing anything, he's like, "Do you know who I am?" And like, for someone to not know who he is bothered him so much. No, he did. Would beat him up and stand on the corner. Plus, he killed Prop Joe this season. I wasn't. Prop Joe! 
wasn't feeling that. Prop Joe was an idiot for trying to teach him. Like, you know, he thought he could freaking mentor the dude. Like, that dude was so foregone. I can't believe she cheesed my boy because, you know, I love M-E-T-H-O-D, man. Even if he screwed Wendy Williams? <laughs> I mean, that gives us all a shot. <laughs> if Wendy can pull Method Man anyway. Then maybe you can. <laughs> well, I'm married. But, you know, a single gen. <laughs> you know he collect toys, too. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> no. I did not know that. <laughs> but I hate cheese. He set his own freaking uncle up. His uncle should have killed him so long ago. Um, but that's why I was glad cheese got it at the end by your boy. Um, Slim Charles. Slim Bam. Charles. That's prop Joe. But I want to go back a little bit and I want to talk about the prop Marlowe situation. So prop Joe was always one of those people who like keep the guns like, you know, just he just want to make money. That's how I would be. Yeah. But like, I think at some point when you in this game, you have to realize, like like you said with Marlo, you have to realize, look, we have to put a bullet in this motherfucker at some point. You know what I'm saying? Like, he should have been, he'd been street savvy enough. And he told... Prop Joe does not understand how ruthless he was, which I don't understand why. Like, yeah, that's what every I'm sign was there that he was not going to be a kumbaya, thank you for teaching me how to, you know, launder my money. Thank you for... No. He's going to kill you as soon as he can to get that connect. But the problem with Prop Joe was that he told Stringle... He told Stringer the story about Charlie Bell. He was like, you didn't know who Charlie... He last and did he know he was. He said, you didn't because he only sold dope. Like, he didn't do nobody's. He wasn't in the Wild West. He just sold dope. And I think that's how Prop Joe kind of his philosophy. Just sell dope. Don't go with that gangster shit because that gangster shit brings problems or whatever. And he went around trying to avoid that gangster shit where Marlo was the one person who needed to be taught through that gangster shit. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that was kind of, that was his fatal flaw. I mean, he paid for it with his life, right? You know what I'm saying? So, like you said, the writing was all on the wall that Marlo Yeah, and Prop Joe was smart, so I don't understand why he didn't why he didn't see more of the writing on the wall. Yeah, so, to me, that was kind of the... That was kind of the fatal flaw in his character. I think that was actually, the more I think about it, kind of like... The fatal flaw? <laughs> The fatal flaw, but more so that was written more so. Because like you said, you could just break this down. Like, Prop Joe was the one. Prop Joe probably was the smartest person in all of this, right? Yeah, like, you couldn't see that. Yeah, like, it's something so obvious, you know what I'm saying? And I'm talking about good guys, bad guys, whatever. He was probably the smartest person out of all this in his space. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for him not to see something so obvious kind of is like, that's more writing than anything else to me. But I thought that, you know. I thought that Marlo, like, I, I thought Marlo, when he held court, I always go back to the sink. I thought that's who he was. And, like, he didn't care about nothing else. He just cared about what they thought of him on the streets or whatever. And maybe that's small-minded or whatever, whatever. But the minute he said that, first they were even scared to tell him what Omar was saying in the streets. So that kind of, like, I think that was kind of the complete. Well, some people were scared to tell him. But, I, I mean, Chris, I don't think it was a scared thing. It was a he's going to react and make a illogical decision based off of this. Well, and I love Chris Parlow's character. Yeah, Chris, one of my favorite characters. But I think that everybody know, man, I don't want this motherfucker tripping. Like, just like you said, like keep it. Let's keep it quiet. I don't want this motherfucker tripping because he'll go off and mess everybody. Mm-hmm. Right? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think that, I think that that was kind of the perfect summation of his character. Right? Like, he couldn't see the big picture for Trish still trying to. He couldn't see the world for being the man on the street, kind of sort. You know what I'm saying? So that was the fatal flaw for him. Shout out to Chris Parlo because because of him going to jail, we got a cameo from Weebay. <laughs> My boy. Weebay was in every season. 
And you get to see um, Avon in this season when, um, which McCall's looking for the connect. He still gets the flex. Oh, when yeah. He, yo, when he get it, get it from the Russian mm-hmm. dude, he, Avon, I mean, still trying to hustle him or whatever. Like, how things out there, the game is the game. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, it was that was cool to see them kind of, even though they had been beefing with each other, like, I can't do nothing here, so it is what it is or whatever. So, that's what's up. See, Slim Charles took over the connect. <laughs> I wasn't a big Slim Charles. He was all right, but not a big. I mean, just one, again, I think that's one of the real things of what happens in the real world. Like, it's not like we, we had a conversation about corporate and how people do enough to get up to the next level, right? Like, the streets don't, the streets kind of work in that same way, only as if you stay long, alive long enough, you will be at the next level or whatever. If you stay in the game and stay alive long enough, like, just by war attrition, you would be somewhere. And that's all he was. He was just a war of attrition type person. He wasn't an opportunist. He wasn't sneaky. He just had, he played his lane. And then basically, because everybody else fell, fell around him, he was the last person to stand in the whatever. So, and it wasn't nothing. He, he didn't set that emotion. It just happened. Like he was just the last man standing. So I think that's, that was a good enough wrap up for him. I, I thought this was season was, I actually thought season two was like more coherent than this season. Did that make sense? This one was a little bit all over the place. Yeah, it was like season two, everything was kind of tied to the dots from the fact that you didn't even see that much dope or whatever. It made sense. Whereas this is kind of like they put in the dope, they tried to close everybody out, and they had the news story, you know, the newspaper storyline or whatever. I thought it was too many competing storylines and the Carcetti thing, right? Like kind of. How's he trying to make the next step and go? And who's he going to lead the city to and everybody kind of position themselves that way or whatever? So just too many things going on at one time. But any more thoughts? I mean, like I said, I was I was very touched by seeing the boys and seeing, you know, Michael appear to be the next Omar. Naaman basically getting out of the streets. You know, he, he had the most... I mean, Bernie saved him, right? Yeah, he had the most likelihood to... But I mean, like Bunny told Weave, he'll be dead. He'll be dead in a year if you leave him in the streets. He was saved. And then to see Randy basically turn into the kids that used to beat him up, he's turned into them, left in the foster system. And then Duquan, who just was looking for a place to belong, found a place to belong, but sadly it's with junkies. Yeah. I think that. You know, we talk about spinoffs. I think Randy didn't get a good good enough kind of ending or whatever. Like, Any of these kids could have their own spinoff. Like, there are so many spinoffs I would love to see out of the show. And I, I was thinking about it, how I'll save that for the Patreon one. But I can name lots of storylines that deserve their own spinoff. And I, well, obviously I love this show. But I think people would watch several of them today. I think that there are, off the top of my head, I could think of four storylines. And you right, we'll say that for a Patreon podcast. I could think of four storylines myself that would be very interesting to look at or whatever. And apparently they were gonna do some of them, but I don't know what fell through. Well so one of the problems with this is another T V show that's been recommended to me that like if you like the why you little snowfall. I haven't got I haven't watched Snowfall. Yeah, but it's basically the whole motherfucker selling dope, you know, the whole selling dope store and everybody loves it or whatever. And I think that, you know, the further you get away from the wire and the more you get those kind of things in. Like, I think that 
that's look that is the new version of the wire meaning that from a spinoff i don't think people will be like oh yeah because they have snowfall to look at now you know what I'm no, saying? it's so, it's, it's, it's that hard wire people out there. i mean people during the pandemic i listened to a whole podcast about it with famous people i read a book about the wire i've watched the what wire. was that when you read a book about the wire well this wasn't during the pandemic i was talking about the podcast okay. but i've if i told you about snoop's book i read her book her name's Felicia some Pearson, I think. Felicia Snoop Pearson. Um, so, like, I would be so here for it. And it's, it hasn't been on TV for, like, 20 years. That's a good point. Time can make you, you know, kind of... Time can make the heart grow fonder, right? So, like, it it would be a good thing. It would be something different to bring this back in. COVID is the perfect time, right? Like, one thing we're learning during COVID is there's no such thing as too much content, right? Like, you make it, somebody will like it, right? You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like, some people are just stuck in their house. You know, I just saw, um, like, my little phone had buzzed earlier today that there's a shortage of dogs. There's a thing called pandemic pups. Like, so many people are stuck in their house. They want an animal to keep them company. So, like, there's a shortage of, like, dogs. Did not know that. Neither did I. Like, that's how, not only is toilet paper and all that stuff, you know, got short, but dogs, animals. What makes sense, right? If you're a single person or someone who does, you're home alone. Who wants to be home? We, we spent a whole year. Well, the rest of the world spent a whole year locked down. Georgia, because of my great governor, Brian Kemp, has our place wide open. But people have spent a whole year stuck in the house. I can see why you'd want an animal. Okay. Makes I know sense. that was random. No, no, I mean, it makes sense. But, it, I mean, ties to the point, right? People are home. So, like, content is king. And yeah, like- people need anything. Freaking Netflix, a guard. Like, we started a garden. Like, people are doing their own home and pride. I'm surprised we haven't built a fire pit. If we were any sense of handy, we'd probably have addition on the back of our house. Exactly. Like, it's just so many ways and so much stuff to do. And it's just, and we're in this binge friendly and content friendly world right now. Like, this is, if they're ever going to do a, you know, a spin off, now is the time to do it. I need to contact David Simon. Is he still alive? Speaking of contacting people from the wire, do you want to tell your story now? don't have a real story. Well, you contacted somebody from the wire. You and him were friends. Social we're, media. On friends. social media. But that don't count for nothing. He's not like he's my friend friend. You've talked to him? Via direct message. He jumped in your DMs. No, you you better stop it right now. <laughs> if anything, I jumped in his DM to ask about buying a shirt, which we need to take pictures with. And he was very nice. And we're talking about Naimond, the actor that plays Naimond. I know. You, we know who Naimond is. So, with that being said, shout out to Naaman. Do you remember his real name or his Instagram oh, name? Oh, you're not going to... See, look, just because you remember someone's name for the very first time, you were up here calling... What'd you call Sharad? Sharif? Well, that's a shit name. I just couldn't figure out the rest of it. I'm old, I'm old age. I'm over 40. You are 40. What are you talking about? I'm 41. You act like you're 49. <laughs> Oh, you, need man. To, you need to get it together, sir. You're right. But let's go on the right. His name's Julito. Julito. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Julito. That's his Instagram name or his real name? I would assume it's his real name. Julito McCullum. Okay, Julito McCullum. Shout out to the name, a.k.a. Julito McCullum. His Instagram is I am Julito. All right, shout out to him. Again, thank you for the good service. We're going to wear our shirts and take a picture of them. We're going to take a picture and post it and tag the podcast on Google and tag you. So, is that Okay. Yeah, I hope that's his real name. What if that's not his real name? I gotta look it up now. Name him from the wire. Shout out to you. What did you say? Lito. I like that name. That's nice. Yeah, that's his real name. Okay. Shout out to name. So, 
we're gonna wrap this up like we wrap up all of them. I want you to give me your top five characters for this season. Well, I mean, Bubbles is my number one. Can you do it in reverse order? Oh, damn it! You gotta tell me that first because I just all the it's all gone now. All right, well, go ahead. Just do it in whatever order you can think of. Bubbles, Michael. You want me to do mine so you can think? Omar. Hmm. Who's my four and my five? Four and my five. I don't know who my four and my five is. Okay. Go ahead, do yours. You want me to take the ball? So my favorite character this season was Omar. Because I think he brought it back to the streets. Okay. My second favorite was Bunny. If nothing else for the conversation he had with Weebay. Like, I thought that was an iconic, you know. That was a really good conversation. That was a really good conversation. And, you know. I mean, can you, first of all, let me tell you how that, sorry to digress because we didn't talk about it. When he went to Weebay and propositioned him to basically let me take your son and give him a better life. Do you know how good of a parent you have to be? Like, I told you how I got emotional watching that. Like, you have to be so selfless. And most people couldn't, like, couldn't do that. Their pride wouldn't let them do it. Their arrogance, whatever it is, some deadly sin to let someone else, you know, like. Cause you, I think it's easier when you're in jail. I mean. Life without parole. I mean, he couldn't do it, but he's still taking him away from his mom. You had to, he had to literally care for that. Like, he had to put his own whatever to the side, what a good parent should do. And. That was just so touching to me. I don't know how many people would be able to do that. And that honestly was the best thing for his kid. To spend that off. What do you think about the mom when she was like, oh, you're going to cut me off? I hate her. Hate her with a passion. If I spit on people, I would want to spit on her. But that's just disgusting. (sighs) But I think that he, so Weebay, shout out to Weebay. One iconic, you know, one last iconic I would love to meet Weebay in real life. Remember when you didn't know the meme was from the wire with Weebay? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's what I mean. That's one of my favorite memes, too. That and my little African ding, 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 ding. <laughs> but, like, I think that, like, we may have, been, like you said, it's a real, it was a man-to-man conversation. They both, you know, respect each other, gave respect, did what they wanted to, did what they supposed to. And now for that, we may son is going to have a better life. And even with the lady, like, I never cut you off. He like, but this, our son needs to go with him. So I thought that was the part that was more iconic as opposed to, like, anything else or whatever. Because, like... When you're sitting in jail, in his situation, of course, anybody would be better dad than him because what can he do, right? Like, see him on visiting day. But I think the fact that he was able to tell the mom, look, we're not going to have you having our boy doing the street stuff. This man got a legit platform. To see that part of it, kind of piggybacking off your point, that's the part that's selfless and, like, as a good parent, right? Like, he saw the bigger picture, where she couldn't see the bigger picture. Well, she was... She is flawed. Like, she got a lot of fucked up problems. Yeah. I mean, she did one of my most iconic scenes, though, when she cussed Naaman out. What, for um, in jail? No, when she was at the door. She was like, and you out here wearing his name like a little bitch. <laughs> oh, she... Mm. Mm. So, back to it. So, my, num- my number one was Omar. My number two was Bunny. I'm saying my number three was Gus, just because this... This was such a good centric kind of season or whatever. Number four was Lester. I do think you see how smart Lester is because Magnolia couldn't pull all that off by himself. Like it took Lester to kind of bring it all together, right? Because, like, you know, Magnolia is smart, but he's not 
He's not Lester smart in this space, so Lester is number four. You know who you should like was Kima, because Kima told on him. As soon as Kima found out, she snitched, and she had the balls to tell him, I'm the one that told on you. And that's very principled, and you love those type people. We got a lot to say about Kima on the Patreon, so <laughs> let me say that. Really? we got a lot. I have a lot to say about Kima on the Why? Patreon. In a good way or bad way? Uh, you got to listen to Patreon to find out. You're going to get that dollar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like a stripper. I'm working hard for my money. <laughs> I see. Anyway, I got some thoughts on Kima in there. Um... Actually, my number five was going to be Carcetti. <laughs> really? Norman and Carcetti, the combo. I do like Norman and Carcetti. That's a dynamic duo. But Carcetti is so disappointing. Starting off with, you know, as good intentions, and all of a sudden he becomes just like any other politician. But that's why I think you saw, like, I think season five where you saw, like, I came in here with good intentions. There is no fucking money. <laughs> so, like, once you see kind of the ship sinking, you got to think about yourself, and I think I think there was a point, and I don't remember in the show, but I think it was I think it was when the schools and they said you were thirty million under budget, mm-hmm. and basically at that point you just jump off and start thinking about yourself. Like I can't fix the big picture, so what can I do for myself in this the situation? The current mayor of Baltimore is pretty hilarious. The young dude, yes, what he done did? <laughs> he just always he talks like he's like twenty two. He cracks me up. Is he twenty two in real life? He's really young. He says the craziest stuff. Like, he talks just like how you and I would talk. It's oh, funny. You probably running through the city of Baltimore, female population. That's all you think about as soon as you see somebody that got a little bit of clout. That's the first thing you think about is how much P-U-S-S-Y they get in. And he making money. He's a mayor. He's not like he out here whatever. He not... We live in the city where our mayors have stolen money and turned themselves into meanness. Well, Keisha don't look like she's doing that good. Well, she's not a good mayor. So I don't know she... where Kasim is. Where is Kasim Reed? They say he might run again for a third term. Is that legal? I don't think so. But they were saying she's so bad, he might take over the reins and run again. But I don't think people see her as bad as you see her, though. The AJC said that. Not as bad, but you know, they said it in a clean way. She's terrible. She's not even smart enough to get rich out of this. <laughs> she's not even smart enough to steal. Exactly. Mm-mm-mm. So those are my five. I will say I gave Gus number three, but I would say Gus is my underrated MVP for this season. You know his first name is Mohammed. Who Gus? No, Kasim. Oh yeah. Well, you thought Kasim would you? I thought that was his name, Kasim. Kasim your middle name. How would I know that's not like <laughs> Touche. Anyway, let let's wrap this up. Any more anything you want to say before we wrap this up? No, I'm looking forward to the next one where we talk about all of them together. All right. Oh, oh, did you know together. he graduated from Westlake? Kasim? Yeah. I thought he went to Mays and then went to Howard or something. Uh-huh. I thought it was an APS product. No, Westwood, but now it's called Westlake. Oh. All right. Enough about Atlanta politics. Let's go and just keep this about Digital Derrick. Well, now you got me down this little rabbit hole. Thank you guys for listening. This has been DigitalDarren.com. This has been Season 5 of Why. Oh, we forgot to say, what grade dude would you get this season? Let's see. I can't help it. Did you know that he was an entrepreneur and had a $40,000 jewelry business at the age of 16? What 16-year-old can have a jewelry business? That sounds real shady. Again, focus. I'm sorry. What was the grade for it? It's a C. Okay, my grade for season five was a B-. minus. Thank you. We're going to talk more about it. So if you like what you heard from Darren Watches the Wire, seasons zero through five, we're going to have some a couple of exclusive podcasts on Patreon. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to tell a, this has been digital. 
Thank you guys for listening. This has been DigitalDaren.com. Been so long since I've done the outro. Thank you guys for listening. This has been DigitalDaren.com. Make sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend. And tell a friend.